Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Why don't we eat? Yeah, no, of course, of course, I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm in spam, 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 Forbidden Donut. Uh, how do you do? My name is Cam Smith. Across from me, I have the redoubtable Carl Chapman. Hello, Cam. How are you? Who have made lost for words right at the beginning. Carl, it's great to see you back. How are you? It's lovely to be back, Cam, and uh, thank you for having me. And uh, how are you? I, look, I'm, I'm most well. Which is the correct answer, is it not? Of course. When people ask how you are. I'm well, thank you. And uh, boy, uh, pictures of health next door. Uh, The scientists regaling us with, yet again, another incredible show on this incredible station. And before we go any further, um, I have to say that we have been humbled, grateful, appreciative of uh, your generosity, people out there. Carl, I'm I'm being, maybe uh, bringing out some confidences, but um, confidence? Yeah, confidences, in that we're a little bit concerned this year on Radiothon, but um, the people out there in Melbourne have proved again why this is the glorious Prague of the South. This is the cultured capital that we had so many people that have supported this fine, venerable institution. Totally, yeah. And I think um, uh, even in the last few days, listening, there's been some amazing radio, um, some mm. amazing support for the station from... It's just been great. The wonderful, redoubtable listeners. Yes, you redoubtable listeners. Word you... of the morning. God, yes, there you go. Uh, uh, write that down and underline it. Put it on the fridge and uh, and hope you get described as, uh, as that because uh, if you do describe someone as redoubtable, it's, uh, um, you're paying them a fine compliment, as I do to you, Cal. Thank you, Cam. That's very good. But no, it has been a spectacular radiothon. Thank yeah. you to all of every single person, every single yeah. listener who has supported the station over the last few weeks. Yeah. And um, because I think we're going to be here for another year. We um, well with the um, uh, with the contingents of um, of staff that we have, yeah. because we're a little bit concerned. Anyway, good on you. you've come through. Love you guys. Love your guts. There we go. Australianise it a little bit. On today's show, uh, we have Liz Hamilton, who is from the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, and uh, we are looking further on from just Melbourne. We're looking into the regions, and there is going to be a lot going on in November, and we'd love for you to be a part of it, and Liz would certainly like for you to be a part of it. They're taking over towns in Gippsland. There's crawling bites around the high country. There's all sorts of things, but we will find out specifically 
what is going on with Food and Wine Festival uh, in the countryside in November. So that'll be the uh, the first cab off the rank. Uh, we then go, we've got uh, John all queued and ready. I've got my, uh, it's a bit of an old school recorder now. It used to be a bleeding edge at one stage. The, uh, the little Sony recorder has been down at the Queen Victoria Market, uh, also known as Vladimir, because he has a, a furry hat on his head. And uh, we got uh, him to uh, interact between myself and John, so we've got a market report with John. And then I can't wait, because uh, we're going to be talking about all things fermented. Fermenting for good. One of those, uh, must have been a really, really great discovery when humankind discovered fermentation. It's amazing. It's like, uh, and baking. I mean, all these things that seem to evolve at various points around the planet almost at the same time, even Mm. though obviously cultures separated by many thousands of kilometers. Yeah, yeah, well, distillation was kind of like that. That sort of coalesced because that was the, uh, that was the latter part from, you know, first of all, there's, Fermentation, we can think obviously about alcohol, but there's also a whole bunch of other things that you can ferment for gut health, for the gut biome. And there's more and more chat in medical circles about how the stomach is our second brain. Mm. Have you gone into any of that? I, I'm aware of, aware the, of it. The, the concept of biomes and how yeah. you know we, we don't do them a lot of good with all of the modern day things, whether it's soaps no. and things on the outside or the foods that we put inside us. And maybe we can think of Sharon as an antidote to that. So in uh, to uh, to make your gut biome happening, uh, we'll have a chat with Sharon. I can't wait for that. Uh, we should also acknowledge the fact that uh, Matt Steadman um, is um, riding around the bay on his fabulous bicycle, probably thinking very much about wind direction. Listening to Triple R, hopefully. Okay. Good luck, Matt. Yeah, you, are you really? Are you listening, Matt? How would you keep your eyes on the road, buddy? Uh, and all those people that are riding around the bay, good on you. May your legs uh, be strong and the lactic acid don't build up too much. 12.07, waiting on the line, patiently, I might say. Well, I don't know, she might, might not be. She might be cursing me for taking too long with my introduction. The fabulous, we'll call you redoubtable too, Liz Hamilton. Hello. Hey, Cam and Carl. How are you going? Going good. Morning, Liz. Nice to uh, nice to have another redoubtable person uh, on the line. You have brought into the world a gorgeous program. Um, congratulations on that. Um, you're looking after regional Victoria with uh, the November program for Melbourne Food and Wine Festival? Yes, thanks, Cam. Yeah, we're super excited to be taking Melbourne Food and Wine Festival to regional Victoria for the first time and um, creating a dedicated program to showcase the amazing producers and winemakers and, and restaurants out in the regions, and they really deserve their time in the spotlight and um yeah we've curated a really fabulous program of events across the state i was uh, fortunate enough to take some people from the liquor industry around um some of these places and and one of the ones that is uh, happening was we visited the high country um and that's going to be featured um 
Tell us a little bit about, well, what are you, first of all, as an overview and then maybe pick out some of your favourite little bits and pieces. Yeah, so it's a 10-day, about a 10-day festival starting on Friday the 18th of November mm-hmm. and running through to the following Sunday the 27th of November. Right. Um, we're working with three key regions, so Victoria's High Country, Gippsland, Ballarat, and then there's a series of events um, called Signature Escapes where we're working with, you know, the likes of the Lake House, Jackalope, Providence, oh, well, um, the well, farmhouse. These are, he- these are heavy hitters. <laughs> the heavy hitters of that luxurious um, accommodation dining scene yeah. really offer that, yeah, really spe- special weekend away. And I think that that's really the purpose of this program is getting Melburnians out into the region mm-hmm. and having a really special weekend, um, enjoying some great food and wine. How, like, how long does it take you to? Just as I'm, I'm just thinking about your job, what you do, because you know you come in, in, into work and you go right, okay, I'm going to do a festival. How long did it take you to curate all this and to get all these ducks in a row? Because it's quite an achievement what you've what you've organised here. Yeah, thanks, Cam. I mean, we've been working on this program well for a couple of years now. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah, something that we'd wanted to launch. Um, last year, definitely, but I guess given the, the past two years, um, yeah, it's just coming into market mm. um, for the first time in 2022. Um, but yeah, we really worked 12 months out um, on our on all our programs. Um, yeah, our Melbourne Food and Wine Festival in in, in Melbourne, um, and then the regional one. It's, yeah, it's usually a 12 month cycle. Wow, and that's uh, that's. Uh... Uh, flurries of uh, emails and, uh, well, mostly emails these days, um, phone chats, I suppose, visits. Did you uh, yep. get to do uh, stretch your legs and do lots of brekkies and locations? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we um, get out on the road quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we've, I've spent a lot of time in Gippsland this last um, yeah, 10 months um, working on our feature event, The Village Feast. So, yeah, heading out into West Gippsland, um, chatting to all the incredible producers and makers. And, yeah, it's really, wow. I guess, engaging the local community is a big part of it as well. And, th- and that brings us to um, a little 19th century town of not that many people that are going to get a huge influx um, because the feature... Uh, will be on a place called Thorpedale. Yeah, so we're bringing um, this event, the Village Feast, to Gippsland, which is our signature event and will kick off, I guess, the whole regional festival. Um, And we turn a tiny little town in Gippsland, 2022 being located in Thorpedale, into a food and drinks festival for two days. So um, we work with the existing businesses. So there's an incredible Art Deco pub called the Traveller's Rest Hotel. Um, There's a, a bakery. Um, there as well and then we take over some empty buildings and we're turning them into a wine shop and we're creating a marketplace Um, and in addition to the existing businesses uh, we bring in additional talent and have pop-ups that yeah really create a street party vibe um, along the main street of Thorpedale. I was lucky enough to go to one of those and I don't know what has happened with time Liz. Can you help me? When was 
the last one, that was in West Gippsland as well. Yeah. What, what team was that again? Yeah, so we ran um, this event for the first time in 2019, yeah. um, and that... it was hosted in Jindavik. That's right. Um, yes. Yeah, so just yeah, west of uh, Warrigal. Yeah. Um, and this and Thorpedale's heading, I guess, more central um, south Gippsland. Um, yeah, just located near Trafalgar. So yeah. about an hour, hour forty minutes from um, from Melbourne. From from CBD, so yeah, that's happening yep. on Saturday the nineteenth and Sunday the twentieth of November. Yep. And of course, if yep. you want to get more information, all you got to do is put in uh, Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, or you can even just put in the initials, and you will find that because it's uh, uh, right dab centre. Well, it's the homepage now, so. Uh, with yep. a beautiful photo of mountains looking highly evocative. Uh, so as well as uh, the Thorpedale weekend, which is happening again, 19th and 20th, there is also uh, the High Country Crawl and Bites, which look pretty bloody magnificent as well. Yeah, so we're taking our much-loved Crawl and Bite program, yes. um, which is pretty iconic to our Melbourne program, as you know, Cam, yeah. um, out to the um, high country villages. So we're heading Millawa, Rutherglen, Bright, Beechworth, Mansfield, Mansfield and yeah. Alexandra. And, and it's, a, I guess, a progressive food and dining, yeah, food, drinks, dining experience in each of those towns. And this is where your uh, creative um, superpowers come in, Liz. Um, yes. In, uh, in getting in, in finding all these towns and finding, I would imagine, places that are all in walking distance of each other. Yeah. So the idea is yeah. that you pay, I think it's 95 bucks um, a head for most, is yeah. it all of them? Yeah, from about 85 to $95 oh, okay. yep. and for, then um, you get for each. Three yep. courses with um, a little bit of a stroll in between. And um, it's, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the high country, yeah, as we all know, has fabulous produce um, and has for a very long time. So it was the perfect place um, to take this product out to the regions and, yeah, yeah just wander along those villages. Um, I'm really excited about the Alexandra crawl. Um, and we'll be hosted by that. our good friend Richard Cornish Cam. Um, yes. But you'll... Yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon. It's actually the last day of the festival, but Grant Street Grocer. Yeah. And then the two pubs, the Alexandra Hotel um, and the Corner Hotel as well. So, yeah, nice oh, yeah. stroll through Alexandra, and that could be a weekend away or just a, a day trip from Melbourne as well on yeah. that particular one. I noticed that um, if you if you do go to, and if you want to play along with us, uh, dear listeners, uh, melbournefoodandwine.com.au, uh, uh, you've got some accommodation options. So, yeah, you could plan a, a bit of a, a getaway weekend. It sounds like uh, a tremendous amount of fun. Just what we need before Christmas, Cam. Oh yeah, maybe it's a little bit of yeah, it's a, a bit of a bit of calm before the the storm uh, that is yes. Christmas, and uh, you know, Christmas parties and get-togethers and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe it's a good way to recharge the batteries or charge up the batteries. Yeah, uh, before... or start your Christmas celebrations early with your friends. Head out to the regions. Just, and yeah, it's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that, Lisa. You could actually get a few people together and. 
um, maybe do some crawling bites together. That, that'd be a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else is going on with this uh, this program? We've got um, so we've mentioned the takeover of the town, the crawl and bite, and what else is going on for this uh, spring Ballarat. festival? Ballarat is our other key region. So Ballarat mm-hmm. Unlocked is basically discovering the burgeoning food and drink scene in Ballarat. We all know Ballarat for its culture and its heritage, but this is really about, yeah, enjoying um, the food and drinks and the hospitality of Ballarat against the backdrop of incredible buildings um, and spaces within that regional city. Mm. So um, Mr Jones Dining, well, he's basically turning his restaurant into an art destination. So he's going to have interactive projections and live performances and live art all within his actual restaurant. So it's mm. going to be three levels, like a progressive dinner across the three levels of his restaurant. Yep. Um, then we've got uh, dining in the Art Gallery of Ballarat. So this will actually be yeah, a really exclusive experience within the, the Gallery of Ballarat when it's usually closed. You can go in there and have dinner with the artists from the beating about the bush exhibition. Um, We've got, uh, I'm really excited about the young makers um, around uh, Ballarat. So you've got Latavino, Atwoods, um, Dave Morgan, all coming together for a Western Victoria um, wine tasting Mm -hmm. at the drive. So, yeah, it's all about, I guess, yeah, showcasing these makers, enjoying food and drinks um, in some, yeah, pretty incredible spots in Ballarat. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, Carla, who's producing, has uh, been living in Ballarat, um, so... You might, you might have to move back there for a little while to get into some of these events. It's not such a bad place. I mean, yes, I was house and dog sitting there for all of September, mm. and uh, I mean, there's some wonderful cafes, restaurants, bars, um, and of course the gallery is a wonderful space as well. I mean, that sounds like a, a fantastic mm. uh, idea, Liz, to have the the event yeah. in there. Yeah. Well done, you. All right. Well, um, again, uh, any other words about? Um, uh, getting the information? Yeah, I mean, jump on onto our website, Cam, as you've mentioned, mm. melbournefreedomwine.com.au. Um, yeah, it's 18th to the 27th of November. Just a really great way to, yeah, spend a weekend, escape from the city, yeah, before the busy Christmas period. There's some fantastic events um, happening right across the state. So, um, yeah, we'd love, love you all to join in. So, mindfulness in the regions with uh, great food, great offerings, and uh, pretty good value for money, too, I'm going to say, with some of these. Yeah, and actually, I should also mention um, one thing I didn't mention on the Village Feast, which is happening that opening um, weekend, is that we've partnered with Always Live. Um, Melbourne. Oh, music festival. Yeah, music festival. Um, So they've helped us uh, program, yeah, really great lineup of entertainment um, at the Village Feast in Forkdale. So we've got Grace Cumming, Mia Ray, Dorsal Fins, Jazz Party. So across that Saturday and Sunday, as well as the food and drinks, um, yeah, there'll be yeah incredible lineup of musicians um, happening at that street party festival in Forkdale. 
Oh my god, it's just a regional renaissance. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. gonna be fun. Alright, so um you know what to do now, folks. Uh we've given you the uh, the idea, please uh come and uh get yourself out into the regions because it's been a tough few years and um and some of these places have not seen too many people uh in the in the recent past and uh, I think it's great that Food and Wine Festival is doing the promotion to get some bods out there. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Carl. It's always a pleasure. Pleasure is all ours. Um well done. Well you need probably need now that you've got your program out, you need to uh just rest up a little bit before the uh, the the big critical path happens, where you've got to get uh, realise these things. So enjoy yeah. the quiet before the storm. <laughs> the calm before the storm. Yeah. Pleasure, Liz. We shall speak soon. Sounds good. Take care. Will do, Liz Hamilton. Bye. There. Bye. Bye. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up the Triple R website to find out how. <sighs> Sweet bullhorn. Joey's trying to make me bite on a hot chilli, isn't he? Yeah, we're yeah. taking a mickey out of your can. Yeah. He's given. You given think me I'm going to fall um, for that? This beautiful shiny banana chilli. It's red. Mm. And um, my grandfather used to say you could pay three times for it when you <laughs> when you're buying it, when you're eating it, and when you're saying goodbye. And, to and, it. and when it uh, yeah, when it says goodbye. Uh, good morning, John. Good morning, everyone. As Sunshine. Usual, you know, this morning I came to work, had no jacket on. It rained to put the jacket on, and cold. now I'm about yeah. to take it off again. It did get cold, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It, it, yeah. The temperature dropped a few degrees, and. Yeah. And I was feeling it because I wasn't working real hard, so there you go. Mm. Hey, the first thing, um, just an outside question. Have you ever been to Bologna? Bologna, yes, we went through Bologna on the bus because mm. um, we did a trip from London to Rome and we went through uh, all those countries in the north of um, Italy down to Rome by mm. bus. Yes. And then we did the rest ourselves of Italy. Yeah, because yes, yes. there's a Tortellini festival on yeah. at the moment in uh, in Bologna, which uh, I was just thinking, it would be a nice place to be now. It would, wouldn't it? Can you imagine all the beautiful uh, things that they'd be putting in them? Well, this is the thing I wanted to actually bring up. Apparently, traditionally, uh, Tortellini, uh, the only way to do it... Yes, I'm uh, listening. Is, uh, ...is in Brodo. That's, that's the traditional... Uh, yes, it is, yeah, it, it is. Tiny it is. Tortellini. And, and, and it's amazing... How different it can be uh, that if you do it with a ragu, it's a, a different flavour, different texture, different visual. Yeah. You know, I remember in the 60s and 70s, it was very big to do that here uh, in Brodo. They do even a stracciatella, um, you know, which is a type of Brodo as well. Yeah, but, but these little tiny yeah, things, you have to yeah. have little tiny fingers to be yeah, able to do Yeah, yeah, they've got nothing to do all that stuff, mate. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. But the, the fact was that that's sort of the orthodox way that they do it, and that's the way that they expect it to be in Bologna. And they do this festival, and then you're allowed to go a little bit crazy and do other types, but other t- otherwise, you know, it's kind of frowned upon. 
That's right. You stick to what you know and uh, you do it well and eat well and everyone's happy. Do you ever do, um, and, and the question I was going to do is, uh, do you, uh, does the family ever do the little tiny tortellini and burrodo? No, because first of all, we don't make it ourselves by hand. Mm. And secondly, uh, if you have to buy the bought stuff, it's not the same. So no, we don't. No. Okay. But yes. we do other, other types of pasta and burrodo. Yeah, um, the little con- conici or the little shells, oh, um, yes. just the size of a pea, yes. or even spaghettini, the little little uh, broken spaghetti. Yes. Uh, many different things. I you like know. the little. What is it? The stellini, the little and the stellini as well. Yes, yes, yeah, the aren't they? And then, of course, if you're a little kid, you love the <laughs> alphabet. Yeah, I haven't seen him for a long time, no, but Joey and Bianca had them when they were growing up. They were lucky. God, I'm just trying to think of Joey as a little kid eating his <laughs> alphabet noodle. Yeah, yeah. That's a few footy seasons ago now. Yes. All right, here we are at the market. It is, uh, believe it or not, it is, um, well, it's supposed to be springtime. Oh, definitely spring has sprung. You've brought me a show and tell here. I have. If I have. that's not spring, I don't know what. Yes, I'll go he, as uh, someone fine. might say. All right, we've got a nice collection here. Um, we're at the back. Uh, of the stall. This is the area where you usually chop up pumpkins, where we always talk, but I just thought I'd give the listeners an idea of where we're standing. The first thing I want to talk about is um, there's been a lot of talk about lettuce over the last few months. There probably will be going forward, although someone tells me that there's a lot coming from Queensland, but I have a beautiful mignonette lettuce, and this is just... A work of nature's art. It is. It's so vibrant. Beautiful green leaves on the inside where it didn't get much light. The outer are really vibrant, uh, red, magenta-y colour. Yeah. Um, And it just says, eat me. Um, Some people don't like it because it's a little bit too soft for them. Oh, really? But Mm -hmm. I don't eat iceberg lettuce, so this is ideal for me. I like this one and uh, butter lettuce as well, which is softer again. Feel that leaf there. It is. This has got a bit of crispness to it as well. Because mignonettes, uh, uh, on on a bad day, they can go soggy. Uh, But this with like a a creamy, and I say creamy sort of dressing, just meaning I use oil, vinegar, one to two. Two to one, sorry, oil to vinegar. Uh, and a little, just a little spoonful of Dijon mustard, and that makes it into an emulsion. It does, yes, and, it does. Uh, and that is my favourite dressing with that. How yes. would you do it? Uh, just olive oil and a little bit of vinegar. Um, there you go. The, the tribe doesn't like all the uh, mustard stuff. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and this is at four bucks, and I reckon that's, um, that's pretty good. Finally, my prayers have been answered. I'm looking at an artichoke. Yes, uh, this is uh, a bastarda as well, which means really? it's a cross between quite a few artichokes. Okay. It's uh, got a beautiful purpley hue on it as well with a little bit of green tinge, very firm. This variety has got a huge heart in the middle. Really? Very rare. Does it have any hair or choke in it? Yep. Oh, wow, um, Yeah, very rare. And we've got some baby ones as well. So, you know, you can get in and either stuff the big ones or steam them um, and then, you know, pull the leaves off with a vinaigrette or a butter sauce. The little ones, you know, you can do them whole. Mm. You can um, cut them in half and pickle them. You can char grill them. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things. You get the family around, it's a bit of work, but you're going to be rewarded 
um, from these for a long time oh, if you definitely. do some jars of these. I love these. Um, and also, if um, if you haven't tried out a Chokes much or if you've been put off and they're just too much work, and they are a fair bit of work if you're going to take out the hearts of them. Definitely. Work well worthwhile for me. But if you want to get the entry level, take a, um, a, a leaf from the French. Don't often say that to you in your in your face, but uh, cook cook an artichoke in acidulated water. So water with a little bit of lemon juice in it. Twenty minutes, bring them out, and then get a bowl of that vinaigrette I was just talking about, and you're in heaven. And you start peeling around, and it's a great way to get into it. And it gets better and better as you go go along because it gets to right. the heart. Of course. But now, since we're talking about spring, maybe we'll go backwards to winter colours. Yeah, right. If you chop the artichoke into four and strip um, quite a bit of the outer leaf off, or you can even leave them on, if you're like me, I don't mind sucking the juice off all the hard ones as well. Me too. And then um, you you, you peel the um, stem back until you've got all the white bit, because a lot of flesh there. Heaps, yep. Yeah, and then you put them into a, um, a pot with about, say, two or three centimetres of water, a good dash of olive oil, plenty of parsley, garlic, mm-hmm. a handful of raw beans, mm-hmm. and some beautiful um, potato wedges sitting on top, and you let that steam up very, very slight. Mm-hmm. Everything goes grey. Mm-hmm. All right? Then you serve that on your plate, uh, maybe with a little bit of steak or something, and mm-hmm. a bit of crusty bread into that juice. And then, you know, you're eating whatever you've put beside it either. You can even make a mash, even though you've got potatoes already. Yes. You can make a mash to soak up a lot of that juice, and away you go. And you'll find that it's a very big iron hit, mm. very good for you, yes. and very, very tasty. It's sweet. The broad beans will come up beautiful as well, and the potatoes will soak up all that ugly grey colour and mm-hmm. looks horrible but tastes beautiful. Oh, my God. Mate, and, and it's a meal. It's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful meal to warm you up. Well, that's, that's sort of like what you told me to do years ago. That's right. Um, except uh, rather than all, uh, spending an hour, because it usually takes about three quarters of an hour at least, to clean a whole bunch of these artichokes to the hearts, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot easier to do. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Try it. It works. Oh, that works. Oh, there are plenty of recipes out there on the internet. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, that, that sounds good. And the other thing that we pulled out here is... Um, uh, well, you were uh, talking about North Italy before. We should have spoken about this, but this one. Yeah, this is uh, the Radicchio's uh, elongated cousin, yeah. the Trevizzo. This so is it looks Trevizzo, like yes. um, a uh, Radicchio slept with a cos lettuce. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good analogy. Okay. Um, yeah, this is from Trevizzo. It's a, a harder... Radicchio. Mm. So normally what they would do with this, you can eat it raw, I eat it raw. Mm. Um, you can make a risotto with it. Mm. Or again, talking about our Frenchy friends, you can put the leaves under the grill or throw a hot steak on top and sweat it down like Ooh, that. Yeah, okay, yeah, nice. uh, and then you have the other variety, which is round, which is a milanese, and that's <laughs> a nice, softer radicchio, beautiful for a salad. Which I love. Which I we've do. spoken many times. And I, and I eat it nearly every day in my salad. Yep. And especially now that we have these beautiful um, uh, 
uh, Cara Cara oranges. <laughs> Your dad sounded like Joe. Yeah, am I? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, mean, I must have been a Sicilian or, you know, a, a southern Italian in a previous lifetime, maybe. Yeah, well, maybe we'll make you an honorary Italian like some of my Aussie customers. Well, I've only been working at it for 25 years, so, yeah, maybe. Oh. All right, now, shaking your broad beans at me. Now, we got um, broad beans from two different farms here. You brought the big ones, and I brought a small one. Yeah, if you feel that, there's very few beans in it. Mm. It's very, very soft. Yep. Now... For me, I wouldn't buy this one, but the Maltese and a lot of other people buy these because they're very, very young. Mm. When they open them up, the pods are not full of uh, fur, cottony type stuff. Yeah. So what they do is they chop, 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 cook a lot of onion, mm. throw these on top and cook them up or with, even with put the them pod. With the pod, everything. So, everything. so it's like eating Roman beans. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, right. Everything. And, and it comes up a treat. I've eaten it. it. It's beautiful. So tender, good texture, nice and sweet. Mm. The, the, the smell hits you more than any mm. of the onions and the broad beans. Yeah. Now, with these bigger broad beans, uh, I like to open these up and cook them, not second pod them like you and my mother do. I reckon that's sacrilege. But if it works for you, well and good. What? I've double peeled them once in my lifetime and you give me a many, mate. You need the fibre, you one, need the texture. One lousy goat. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you need the, the um, yeah, colour. Yeah, look, okay. All right. right. Now, a lot of people second peel them because they blanch them and then throw them in a salad. Yeah. Fine. I'm not always right. I can admit to that. Oh, if you're in a fine dining sort of thing where, you know, that would just be the, I'm in the fine way you do dining it. every day, mate. What's oh, your yeah, problem? Why do you have problem? Now, okay, what do you do? Um, again, you can yeah. steam these with a little bit of potato, good olive oil, parsley, garlic. That's all you need. Not too much water. Mm. You don't need to boil them. Just steam them. And that juice on the bottom, you've got to try it. The onion permeates into that juice. Oh, I know it. And and with a crusty bread, it's just heaven. Yeah, dip it in. All right, pick of the market. Pick of the market. I've got some beautiful asparagus now. Uh, I've got bunches that came out of Mildura. Mm. It hasn't been windy. They're straight. They're clean. Still. Still. And they're not gritty in the top like mm. they were some weeks. Mm. Uh, we've been throwing these out half kilo for five bucks. We got the beautiful big thick asparagus from Kui Rup. Rup. They're a few dollars a kilo dearer, but still very, very good. Possibly the greatest asparagus in Australia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you quickly, my mum's goddaughter's been helping us on a Thursday. Mm. During the holiday, John, I needed asparagus, I went and bought some. They looked beautiful, they were straight, they were green. They weren't real thick. She said, ah, oh, they'll be all right. Anyway, yeah. couldn't eat them. I can tell. What couldn't eat them. What happened? She threw them out. Wow, well, no flavour? <laughs> no flavour, and no, they, they were just hard, you know? So okay. that's why we tell people the thicker, the better, because they take just the same amount of time to grow, because mm. they jump out of the ground and say, we're here, mm. come and get us. Yep. And then you bought a beautiful collie, we'll make that part of our show and tell them. Yep. Look at these beautiful uh, light-coloured leaves. Yep. You cook them with a cauliflower. Love it. We've been throwing Olive that oil. big ones, four bucks, yes. Uh, we got everything out there, green beans, uh, $10 a kilo. Broad beans, $8 a kilo. Changeover change in citrus. Yeah, changeover in citrus. There's so many out there, it's unbelievable. We got all our beautiful tomatoes that we wanted this week. All the cherry tomatoes, mini romas, Murray Ridge tomatoes. As usual, get out there, look, see what catches the eye. That's what you're going to eat tonight. Yep. And the second catch of the eye is what you're going to eat tomorrow night. Sounds beautiful. All right, I'm going to go home. 
uh, make some grow dog, I think, and uh, and do some little small pasture in it. And I'm certainly going to have some of these artichokes. It's a beautiful day. You're going to be peaking this way. Tell you what. All right. Enjoy. Back, back to the studio. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R, exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. Hello, Sharon. Hello. It's good to be here. It's um, it's been so long. When did we last see you in the studio? I'm trying to in the remember. Studio. I've seen you out and about, which is a nice thing to be able to say. Isn't oh, it? yeah. Yes, it you know, is. Um, well, it might be we... a year or two since I've been here. A year. It has been a while, and mm. boy, have you been busy, um, Sharon have... Flynn. Of course, the. Uh, Hmm. The doyens of fermentation. That's uh, a nice one. I think that's nicer than it. just calling you the queen of yeah. fermentation. Um, yeah, what is that anyway? The queen. Oh, it means you know you're the top of the tree. You're um, you know you get a great funeral yeah. if you die. You know, as but we've you were seen. given it. So you know. Yeah, you were given it. So I. Yeah. This is something. No, you've had to that's work for it. this and to work. Uh, in relation to one of the most ancient processes that we know of as yes. humanity, um, the ability for foodstuffs to ferment and yes. bubble. To transform. To transform. To it's a transformative edible, thing. More delicious, more nutritious. More nutritious, more delicious. More bioavailable. Yeah, and more, and more zingy in the mouth. Yeah. If we, more uh, flavorful. More flavorful. Yes. Easier to digest. Have I said that? Yeah, no. All right. Yeah. Cause, um, Full for, of life. Yes. Uh, and uh, and also to promote, mm. protect, and to increase the tummy biome. Yes. And uh, exactly. Cal and I were sort of ruminating. There you go. That's a, a good one. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were ruminating over the idea of the, uh, the gut, the stomach <laughs> being... The second brain. Yes, that's weird, and that's I know. that's sort of a new thing. That you know, it, well, relatively in if we look at civilization yes. and humanity, I mean, it's been it's something that's new. been yeah. discussed maybe in the last twenty years or so. But I mean, it was discussed by Hippocrates, and we've always known what, that about, gut... about about the humors and things like that. No, that food is thy medicine. So um, they've always known. And also listen to your gut and butterflies are a sign that, you know, sometimes I think... You're in love. Or nervous. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Your butterflies are there and I think they're like, oh, I've got butterflies, I know. But nowadays you're like, oh, gosh, you know, my brain is, my gut and my brain are connecting right now and they're telling me something. Or when you get nervous and you don't want to eat, um, they're things that we... We know and relate to, and there's a lot more going on that we don't feel, of course. Yes. Mm, cravings. Yes. That's an important one. Yes. I think I, I know when people are um, stuck on eating simple carbs like pasta and um, potatoes and bread and rice, yellow foods. Yeah. Um, there's a bacteria high, that high rules GI that stuff. gut. Yeah. There's a well. There's a bacteria called Clostridium, and it loves all that, and it's super powerful, mm. and it will all the others will become quieter, and it'll be like, give me that, give me more, <laughs> and as <laughs> soon, yeah, as soon as you put a little bit of lactic acid bacteria in there in the form of sauerkraut, and that has you know the prebiotics that everyone likes to talk about. We don't have to talk about that when we're eating yes. ferments. But um, the, the quieter guys will, will arc up. It's just like when you have a really good pickle yeah. and you walk away from the f- jar yes. and you think,
think, damn, I want another one. Yeah. That's the little quiet guys going, hey, hey I like sour. I'm know, here you too. You know what? We could, we could use some of that. Mm. Could, she, could she go back? And then you get more of a democracy. And then my first, years ago, when I first started the fermentary, mm. my tagline was fighting for gut democracy. Because of that, because I was like, and then people said, oh, it's a little bit too political or blah, 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 So I've changed it for, it's now for a cultured gut. Don't do that, Sharon. <laughs> but I mean, I still hold on to, that's the, what, what's happening in our gut. And in the world, there's yeah. loud people, but they're not always the smartest, you know? No, and when you were saying about the loud ones, for some reason I had this vision of Donald Trump. Oh, when I he do, was, every time. When he was <laughs> at that meeting of all the NATO leaders and he elbowed his yeah. way to the front. Give me bread. Yeah. I don't know, and I think it was the Belarusian guy that he just sort oh, of awful. elbowed in the head to, you know, get yeah. to the front. He's that. He's clostridium. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, how long have you been on this thing for me. It's been... Forever. It's been a while we've been chatting, hasn't it? It has been. I've been... The fermentary has been around for 10 years. Yes. Now, as a business. And that was in... Uh, is, was in Dalesford? Not in... Yeah, we're just... Uh, like, a removalist it came... Was. We're in the middle of moving out, really, of Dalesford. And, and you're um, now in happened, inner city Melbourne? Yes. Fitzroy North. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, it happened... That happened during COVID because I... All of the things that I really loved, which was connecting with people and mm. workshops and events and all that kind of stuff, obviously they had to end mm. because we were all locked down. And, it, yeah. yeah. And then I was doing a lot of Zooms and stuff, but you still can't get the energy from the audience. It's enjoyable. but So that's when I was like, oh, how did I become a manufacturer only? That's not what the plan was. Yeah, so right. So I found a little shop and... Um, Just looking after bubbling jars and bottles and well, mason jars and things. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. But manufacturing is different. It's decisions and numbers and Quantities business. and yeah, formulas. Logistics and accounting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the fermenting. Now I'm back to bubbles and ah, jars and, yeah, happy and place. beautiful things. Yeah, mm-hmm. flavours and people coming in and I can give them a taste of things. I can make right. new things like the miso balls. I can make those things. I don't have to go, well, how many units do I need to make to make how much is it? You know, can you we, still need to make a profit, yeah. but you, you don't need to. It can be more beautiful. We need to circle back on miso balls. Oh. Uh, but specifically, mm. um, where where is this place in North Fitzroy? Okay, Queen's Parade, yeah. ironically. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you. Um, you know the Clifton Hill shops? Yes. It's right down the end next to the chicken shop. Right. And we're having a great time with the chicken shop because he gives us broth. We have a little compost system that yeah. we're doing together. Um, really good food next door. And yes. then there's us. And then there's a... You know, it's a lovely quiet end of Clifton Hill shops, mm. but it's this side, so it's Fitzroy North. Gotcha. Mm. And if we can go back to that simple little pickle. Yes. That little Let's dill pickle. And there's, but there's, there's two types of way that you can do these things yes. in jars. And you yeah. can have one that's in a brine. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's good because it keeps the pickle for another day. Yes. Right? That pickle yep. will fight another day and will come and do stuff. Feed you when you're hungry. Yeah, or, you know, garnish a hamburger. I I hope you do more with it than that. And and then there's a fermented pickle. That's it. And that's a different thing altogether. Mm. And That hand can make people cry. They're so happy to have them. Makes you cry. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh, I can't do this on radio. (laughs) Sorry. 
Ow, slap myself. Um, but how does that pickle differ and behave in your gut to the one that's been yeah. brined? So, well, brine would be the. There's a brine that we use in um, fermenting, which is just a salt water salt water mm. with flavours mm. in it. And the other brine that you're talking about has vinegar, and then in order to make it shelf stable, yes, yes. they heat it, which is pasteurisation. Yes. So pasteurisation is great because it kills all the bacteria that yes. might ruin it. And in saying that, it we're kills killing all the bacteria. Everything. And nowadays, in particular, more than ever before, mm. we need bacteria. We're not getting life in our guts in any other way. Mm. So the vinegar ones are great, yes, and they're shelf stable, which is handy. Mm-hmm. But the ones that we need and we really, actually, people love and cry about yes. are the lacto fermented pickles, which is just a salt water brine, ten days ferment time max, mm-hmm. and then keep them in the fridge. Um, they're not as crunchy. They're certainly not as sweet as right. the um, ones you get in the jar because we don't add sugar. Yes, um, but you know you bite in and it'll sort of. Squirt in your mouth and salt water will come out and it's sort of chewy and um, you'll have one. A lot of people will say, oh, this is a bit saltier than I'm used to, but they will always get another one and another one. Like the gut's calling, you know, the, it's like this gut, is a full of life. The gut. Billions of bacteria in that jar. Yes. And uh, here's, here's just a, 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 just the Dorothy Dixon free kick, whatever you want to call it. Yes. I don't know. Um, but... Why do we need more fermented products in our in our oh, gut? Why? Um, well, well, back to what you were saying yeah, before. These because days, otherwise, yeah. Donald Trump takes over. <laughs> yeah. Also, think gut. about all the many, many ways we're eliminating our gut of life, which is uh, un, we don't even know. You know, chlorine in the water, mm. antibiotics, mm. antibiotics in the food that we're eating. Yes. Um, there's no bacteria in the soil, really, to, compared to there was fifty, one hundred. Years ago, All that so shelf we're not we're not stuff. putting our hands in bacteria. We're not really putting mm. gardening, and even if you are, are you using fertilizer? What's going on there? So um, we're not putting bacteria in, and we're also wiping bacteria out. And dare I say it, with the. Um this is sort of, you know, pretty orthodox thinking, but with with all those germ-killing, disinfectant-y um, cleansers and things mm. that we have, we are eliminating a whole biome from our being. Yes, which is almost, it's another organ, really. The microbiome mm. is a, our most important organ, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you've got a... We've have, got a, a brain a, a, and a heart. Yes. I mean, yeah, we need those. Yes, but... We need to really um, focus on – and, like, people come to me and they'll say, you know, oh, how much should I take or what's the best one to eat? Mm. And that is disturbing because, you know, um, the best thing you can do mm. is a wide variety of yes. living foods mm. in small amounts regularly. Yep. Yeah. Like so it's a yeah. You just have a little bit of say sauerkraut with your avocado toast, or a pickle in the as a snack, or um, some cheese and yogurt, or mm. you know living foods. And they're hard to get, they feel like they're hard to come down come by. Mm. And a lot of people are fussy; they're not used to sour and bitter flavors. Yeah, we, talked, that's probably I why. we talked about mm. this right at the beginning when I first met you. Yes. It's like it's kind of odd for a lot of people because we we're not used and to why? these sour things, but Sour is such a great flavour. Oh, as we is it a flavor? eat yeah. more and more of them, as we now know that kefir we can get mm. in, you know, and kombuchas in soft drinks yes. and stuff like that, it has it's gone so mainstream, yeah. hasn't it? Since we yeah, started I mean, speaking, it's good and bad things about that because a lot of the things that are called kombucha mm. um, or kefirs mm-hmm. are 
not living anymore because similar to how I was complaining about being a manufacturer, when things go large scale, mm. they find ways to make sure that they are transportable, they are cheaper so they're, they're more profitable, and so they become not as necessarily the real thing. And they ruin the whole ethos that first yeah, probably so put you, the wind in Yeah, making your sales. own, really. Uh, uh, make your own or farmer's market styles and just have a look. If something is shelf-stable... It's not really living anymore. And this so. is great to make your own. You just said to me and you just fed me the instant line <laughs> that I'd say back to you. What? If, say, we wanted to do our very, very first sermon. We've never had a go at it before. Mm. But we do have some clean sterilised jars because we know we're going to need those. Yes. And a microwave is actually really good for sterilising jars. Right. What should be our first thing if we wanted to try something to do? The first thing, oh, I think brining things is very easy. So yeah. 3% was so two tablespoons of water per litre of, mm. of water. Mm. Um, stir it all in so it dissolves. Mm. Cut up some, I think, carrots. Have I said this to you before? Yeah, but let's do it again. It's a fresh news. We can say pickles, but that's cow, a little more complicated. This is for you. Or cauliflower, green beans, red <gasps> onions, red uh, asparagus, which is, Ooh. you know, springy. Um, radish, black radish. Radishes are in season right now. Yeah. Radishes are fantastic. Yeah. But I'm really loving onions at the moment because, you know, you know when you were little and there were more pickled onions about? Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah, you Don't are. Don't see as many pickled onions as, no. you know. Um, well, they're usually, they're, even in the fish and chip shop. They look you too have, big. Yeah, yeah, they're not quite right. So anyway, yeah. um, chopping up an onion so that you can pull out like a few slices of onion with your cheese. Mm-hmm. That's Whenever you have a fat, you should have an acid and the, the acid will help dissolve and help you digest the fat. So if you're having a chunk of cheddar cheese, work that you out. grab, yeah, or a Japanese, any well, traditional anyone. culture, yeah. you'll notice they have an acid with the fat. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when you have a chunk of cheese, enjoy the cheese, have a few slices of pickle you've made yourself or pickled onions, which are probably the easiest. So just say you've got half an onion left and you know you shouldn't put an onion in a in the fridge without you know because it's oh, yeah it's so just chop yeah. it up put it in a tiny jar a mm. little bit of salt put water over the top put a lid on a week later maybe two it'll be pickled onion delicious i'll just turn around carl now looking at you go there do you it. go so, so simple it. yep all right gonna give so it a go we're gonna do that well um first of all um yeah. what am i saying first of all so i'm concluding the the interview um Please come and um, see your fabulous shop. What's it, what's it called? The Fermentary. Nice. I, I haven't even got a sign up yet. The signs will come. Yep. We're also doing meals. So yes. if you don't want to cook, we have uh, weekly pickup meals that have all of our ferments in them, which are, which is handy. You can look yes. that up on the website. Done. Mm. And uh, we're going to get you on in yes. uh, a month. In, yeah, I reckon a few weeks because you've got an amazing book by – published by Hardy Grant called Wild Drinks uh, with one of the prettiest covers I've seen in a cookbook for a very, very long time. Carl, it looks like we've got to go. I think we do. We do indeed. Um, Sharon, thank you again for coming in. Look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. Um, Next week, uh, the 50th episode of Ingrediapedia. Um, They were podcasting. That's Ben and Emily. They'll be on. And I'm hoping that Dan Hunter will be on soon. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 